two, one. Good morning. This is Coffee's Chicks and Cash, the podcast, and I'm Danielle McCarthy, your host. And today, my guest, Lauren Chessmore, is joining me from Clarity for Your Chaos. Little quick description about the podcast. It's created for women who desire to take control of their financial future, expand their financial knowledge base, become confident, and feel competent regarding money and all things financial. It also is designed to educate women about the relationship with money in a relaxed environment, build a community of women who support one another as they strive for financial success. And so today, Lauren Chessmore is a fabulous organizer, productivity coach, and she owns Clarity for Your Chaos. And when I first saw her do a presentation on productivity, I was blown away, said, I need to know more. I want to know more. She's not going to talk to us about that today. She's going to talk to us about some other things, but that just means we get to invite her back. So good morning, Lauren. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I think that this is a need that women just need to have more opportunities to be able to have these discussions in a really safe environment. So I love this podcast and how we're able to open up the conversation to women without judgment. Yes. So So tell us how you came into being a productivity coach, organizer, a little bit about your background and why you love doing what you do. So um, I have ADHD. And if you're familiar with ADHD, we have issues with executive functions in our brain. So that actually means that we struggle with organization and productivity. So 13 years ago, I realized that I was really struggling with productivity. Uh, My executive functions at 21, I was just struggling more than most. Uh, I had been off of medications because I didn't really like the way that they made me feel. So I really dove into everything that I possibly could learn for the last 13 years about productivity, um, how to be more productive, how to create better systems, how to be more organized. And I've just been studying it for the past 13 years. It wasn't until um, I had four friends in one week who didn't know each other, all tell me that I should be a professional organizer. And you know, at first you blow it off. You're like, oh, that's so, you know, like that's not a thing. <laughs> and then the second person, it was like, huh, somebody literally just told me that yesterday. And then the third person was like, okay. So now you're like, maybe I need to pay attention. Yeah. Maybe now I need to pay attention. Little got, (laughs) you know, little aha moments. And then definitely the fourth one, it was like, okay, I'm now listening. Thank you. You have my attention. Not only do you have my attention, I'm going to actually look into this. No, I totally understand that. I hear you loud and clear. So I did. And it's been one of the best decisions I think I've ever done in my entire life. I really feel as though I found my ikigai. Uh, it's the Japanese word mm-hmm. for your calling, the, the fulfillment that you can bring into the world. Yep. And um, from that, I have been able to better people's lives on multiple different aspects, not just helping people with their clutter or their productivity. But on the back end, we really focus on the community. So my clients that edit down items from their homes, we truly really try to make sure that those items go back into the community to help people that are struggling in some way, shape or form. And we try and give those to charities in order to benefit our community. So it really comes full circle to being able to just live out that, I don't know, goal of being able to help people do what I love. And I, have found just that thing that's so fulfilling. So that's kind of a, what, how I got into it in a, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. And tell me how long you've been doing this. Cause it's not very long. If I remember. 
No, I have, I started my business um, officially November of 2019. I didn't have my first client until January because most people aren't concerned about organizing their spaces until after Christmas, once they realize all of the items they've brought into their house. So um, I basically had been rocking and rolling. I mean, once I had my first client in January, I'd been taken off up until we shut down. And then as soon as everything was opened back up again, I was in expecting to be very busy and I've been slammed, which I'm so grateful for, unbelievably grateful for. What are some of the rewards, challenges, lessons that you've learned through all of this? Trust yourself. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I think that's the biggest thing that sometimes women struggle with in any decision, right? Is trusting ourselves. We kind of make the decision, but then we'll shop it around to our husbands, our spouses, our partners, our moms, dads, sisters, brothers, you know, everybody. Women tend to go um, seek advice. And it's not necessarily advice. I think it's more that just we're validating what we've already come to terms with. And we just want an okay and sometimes a permission, which I'm trying to get people out of. Because if you thought it and you want to do it, just do it and say yes and figure it out on the other side. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that really has been, I mean, once I realized that this was exactly where I needed to be and exactly what I needed to be doing, everything has lined itself up for me the way that only divine intervention would be able to do. And I think the reason that it's been doing that is because along the line, every time I start that self-doubt starts to creep in. I just, I have to push it out because I struggle with that. I mean, mm-hmm. don't we all? I think but, we all do. Yeah. Um, but as long as I'm able to like push it out and be like, nope, you know what? Everything, everything is going to be fine. I mean, the shutdown happened and I was like, <laughs> 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 yay, there goes my business. That's it's awesome. okay. It's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but really I just kept, I was like, okay, so now I got to pivot. I got to do stuff online. Like before everything, when I saw like the shutdown coming, I literally went to TJ Maxx. I bought all of the organizing items that I possibly could there. I think I spent $300 on organizational stuff. And I was like, okay, this is going to take me for the next, however long this is, I can utilize all these products and I can do videos on all these products. I can still keep myself in the front. Like, you know, you just kind of have to, sometimes you don't have time to shop around. Sometimes you just have to fly. And I think having this pandemic really has helped me just learn how to fly by the seat of my pants, considering I am a absolute planner and questioner. Right. Right. So talk to me about some of your clients and what they seem to struggle with, what they may, um, and why we need organizers, right? So for, I mean, it depends on the client. So some clients are going through life transitions and they're just overwhelmed emotionally because of the amount of life transitions that they have right now. So that's when an organizer would come in and just help them put stuff in place, mise en place. The word is French and it means to prepare ahead of time, right? So like when you're about to bake a cake, you pull out all the ingredients so it makes it easier to bake a cake. Well, if you're overwhelmed by turning on the oven right now because of emotional things that are happening, then an organizer is the person that would come in and bring out the flour and the eggs and the sugar and the chocolate chips, right? So that way when you turn around from turning on the oven, everything's in its place, mise en place. Um, Another client, uh, maybe just overwhelmed and not know where to start or need help with training. They might never have been taught how to deal 
with executive functions or um, how to be organized and it's a goal that they might have to be organized. Um, a lot of times it just takes somebody that's outside of your current situation to come in. You know, I have a photographer that I helped with and they had their photography studio set up with the, they had these beautiful built-ins on one side where she kept all of her props. And then that's where she put her sitting room. So then every time she needed to get into her prop, she had to move all this furniture mm -hmm. around. And on the other side of the room was her uh, studio where she did the shooting. And I said, why don't we flip flop these? That way you don't have to move furniture around. And sometimes it just takes somebody's outside perspective yep. to help you create a system that is seamless. Um, right. and, and you know, another one might be somebody who might be elderly or physically incapable of physically doing the work so then you okay. bring somebody in who's physically able to do it just like people that are, might be busy you know if you're a really busy professional um say you're a surgeon and you're just rocking and rolling with your job and you just don't have time for somebody to come and take care of the clutter in your home but you want that calming space that's when you hire me to come in that's when you would i mean i hire somebody to come and clean my house because right now i'm busy and i don't right. have the time to clean my house right so right. those are the four situations where people can utilize organizers productivity coaching is all on its own just somebody who wants to be more productive who might now be a stay-at-home mom who wasn't before or trying to work from home and teach their kids from home and balance multiple different schedules. Right. And in that productivity, we just teach you what kind of balls you have in the air. Are they lead? Are they glass? Are they rubber? And identifying those and understanding which ones you can drop and which ones you can't. Right. Exactly. And which ones you need to. <laughs> so when we talked about you coming on, you wanted to talk about the social pressure of kind of keeping up with the Joneses, that type of thing, and um, how to really live authentic authentically as opposed to with a facade. And I'm kind of guessing that it, that kind of goes hand in hand with an organizer because I know as a culture, we're kind of all about things and stuff, but um, why don't you lead us into a discussion about that? So it's been my observation that one, we do live in a culture, particularly here in America, that values the facade that you can have. What kind of car do you drive? What do you look like? What size clothes you wear? What kind of clothes you wear? What your house looks like? What kind of toys you have? You know, anything and everything that you can post on social media in order to mm -hmm. make it look like you have the most perfect life possible. Right. And in doing that, I find that a lot of people end up purchasing items over and over and over again that they typically don't even need. And there's a mindset that comes around minimalism and the contentment that, and I don't, don't get me wrong. Like I used to be a shopaholic. I used mm -hmm. to do all of the shopping. I had 40 coach bags and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> 40. My husband was about to start like a group, mm -hmm. like it's not like coach anonymous group for me. So <laughs> it was a problem. We addressed it, <laughs> but it was a con it's this constant need to fill this void and uh, you always have like the neighbors that are going on the great trips and you see the people on the mm -hmm. Facebook and on Instagram and Instagram is about beautiful things, right? Mm -hmm. And as long as you go into that social media, knowing that that mindset is about people presenting their life perfectly, it doesn't help us one with our mental state because then we think everybody's got it together when they really don't. Mm -hmm. Two, the more items that you have, the more time and energy you're gonna have to spend taking care of them, storing them, fixing them, mm -hmm. maintaining them, 
Um, exactly. I can tell you the moment my children are old enough to move out, we're getting a small house with a smaller yard. So I don't have to mow anymore. And we don't have to scoop anymore. <laughs> like we don't want to maintain this property forever. Right. Um, you know, if the and people that you hear, like when, if you talk to anybody that's a Dave Ramsey fan, especially you talk to them about getting a boat, they always talk about the acronym of a boat. Like, um, I actually just forgot it, but it's something about always in repair. Like you're constantly yep. putting money into a boat yep. and constantly putting time into a boat and your pocket. So for me, even if I end up becoming rich enough to purchase a boat, I'm probably going to always just rent a boat. Mm -hmm. I'll rent it because then I don't have to worry about storing it. I don't have to worry about insurance. I don't have to worry about maintaining it. I don't have yep. to worry about how the seat cushion falls off of it while I'm driving down the road and I have to go find a new seat cushion. Like, and just taking into consideration that maybe if we start switching our mindset from trying to present ourselves as being flashy and pretty and all this stuff and just being content and knowing like, okay, it's hit the fan and now all of a sudden my kids are at home, but you know what? I drive a paid off old car, but I can afford a tutor to help my kid. Exactly. The amount of stress that I don't have right now because I don't have payments, the amount of stress that I have right now that I can now be like, it's okay. We had that as a line item because we had daycare. I can now transfer it over here. And now I'm able to utilize this income to reduce the amount of stress that I have to better my family's state, to invest money into my children's future. And my car works great. Now, eventually I'm gonna be getting a new car because it is 13 years old. But I mean, again, you, you cycle through things. Well, so, and I think that's also goes into, um, we had talked about a book called The Soul of Money. And um, yes. one of the best things about The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist, one yes. of the books I'm still read. I'm actually reading back through it again. And I use these as a textbook for teaching about money um, is she talks about the law of sufficiency and yes. realizing that I think sometimes we have forgotten that sufficiency actually means enough. Like this is enough that I have for whatever the situation is. It's not settling or, oh, this is just sufficient. Right. I right. mean, it can be that, However, if you kind of remember, like you're saying, it's just for this moment in time. Right. And with a little bit more hard work, a little bit more commitment, maybe a quick little fo uh, shift in focus, a pivot, all of a sudden sufficient can be almost overwhelming and enormous and abundant. Um, right. And actually the law of sufficiency, she talks about constantly, which is it's abundance. You see it in nature. We don't see competition in nature. We've been taught that. But truly, it's not a competition in nature. I mean, yes, the lion still eats the gazelle, but that's what it's supposed to do. But it, the lion doesn't go out and kill the entire herd of gazelle to say, hey, look what I just did. No, yeah. it kills just enough to be sufficient for what it needs in that moment in time. And I think that was probably one of the most powerful lessons I came out of that book with. What did you come out of the book with? Mine was what you do with your abundance and how mm -hmm. instead of taking that money and being like, I bought a new watch or I bought a new this or look at my new Versace and <laughs> I got Gucci. And instead of being like, who can I, what can I do with this to better the community? Mm -hmm. Whose life can I make better? You know, they always say you don't build a business, you build people and people build the business for you. Yes. So in that, what, you know, like 25% at least of my business is dedicated specifically to nonprofit 
organizations and helping them out because Mother Teresa built this entire multi-million dollar nonprofit and she never had cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. She never worried about money. It always came because she did the right thing and she didn't need to worry about money because she knew she was doing the right thing. And if that's the motivation to help other people, then it will always be there. If the motivation or the motivation is because you want a BMW in the driveway or the motivation is because, you know, all the things that Dave Ramsey talks about on the other side, you know, and it's not bad to have nice things. Don't get me wrong. I, I, but it's also, if the motivation is to do better for yourself, the motivation should be, what can I, who can I bless with this? Yes. Because I have enough. I'm, I have sufficient. My family is well taken care of. So now what can I do for others? Yep, exactly. And I think that's kind of a misnomer too, because sometimes we feel like, well, if I take care of myself first, um, then that's being selfish. But we all kind of, we know that you have to fill this vessel first before it goes, before you can share that sufficiency out, you can share that abundance out. But it's also, she talks about in the book, you know, the difference between the law of scarcity and the law of abundance. And if you're always living from abundance, um, I remember one specific example she says in the book where um, she's given a check by a corporation that has just kind of been through the ringer yes. with a bad PR experience. Yes. And she's that. like, that fifty that $50,000 felt so icky, felt so tainted, felt so nothing. But then that afternoon, she goes into a church in Harlem and only raises like $500. But that $500 was given with such love, such abundance, such... Yeah joy and a um, almost ritual ceremonial giving that it's felt like it was going to do have a greater impact than that 50,000. And then she even gives that 50,000 back to that corporation to kind of be like, "Mm, thank you. But the intent behind that gift was not, it wasn't a positive thing. It wasn't coming from a place of abundance. It was, you know, we need to look like we're good as opposed to we actually want to do good. So I'm almost wondering if you have looked at um, your business as being a social impact business, like by the legal definitions of social impact. Have you heard of that? Have you looked into that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I have not, actually. I Okay. I have not, but I love, I love what it says because I feel like it can be, and I want it to be because mm-hmm. the, the things and the plans that I have are huge. And I, they all involve having a positive social impact on the Colorado Springs area, if not the United States, if we could branch out farther. Right. So then I'm going to encourage you to look at a website. It's called the Colorado Institute for Social Impact. Um, and for our listeners, that's CI, the number four the numeral four si.org. All this information will be in the video description and the podcast description. Um, But there are four different types of uh, ways to be a social impact business. One of them, of course, is being a nonprofit, but there's actually three ways that you can be a social impact business as a for-profit business. So something to look at and consider, um, because I know you sent me a text the other day um, as I'm a volunteer with a local organization that works with kids in foster care. You were gathering socks for me and for the organization, which I'm super, super stoked with. So um, other than that, what else do you want to talk about today? Um, well, I guess for today, let me think. Let me look at my notes. Yes. My notes. 
not totally scripted, but we wanted to have an idea of what we were going to talk about and make sure we talked about all the cool points that um, Lauren, that I fell in love with when I met Lauren and when we've had different meetings and one-to-ones and I've seen her presentations and the more I follow her on Facebook, which is pretty cool. <laughs> well, thank you. I think another thing that I wanted to talk about also is after being authentic and living under within your means is also planning. You know, again, when it comes to that abundance, like how are you going to leave a legacy for your children? How are you going to make sure that your family is set up for success so that way your children aren't going to be financially responsible for you when you're older? Um, but again, starting off even just with making sure that you have something in place for your children's education or are having a conversation about that when you have children. And I know that you have multiple different products for that, but just having a plan in place is huge um it takes so much weight off of it does just it does. life right and preparing and i and I especially think 2020 caught us all by surprise right i mean yes even people under the best of circumstances kind of felt like whoa what just happened um and then others who weren't necessarily under the best of circumstances kind of went holy crap the shite just hit the fan and what do we do um, and this is where I think it's very important and why I came into the financial industry um, is protecting your financial household because negative life events happen, whether it's on a global scales we're kind of witnessing right now, or even on, you know, a more personal scale, like what happened with me um, after my husband's death, you know, and having the best laid plans, even when you have best laid plans, things still can go awry that you hadn't quite planned on. So again, having that i like to say um di different financial and professionals will tell you different things i personally like six months of my entire income not just my you know living expenses but my entire income kind of sitting somewhere um and that's just because of my personal life experience right and right. it's taken me three years since my husband's death to get back to kind of breaking even and now being able to put that back together i'm at three months which is kind of nice i'd like to get further but even just getting that far and kind of coming back on that trajectory was hard um and but at the same time fulfilling because again we had done everything right if you will yeah. and still got caught in a, in a negative life exp um, expense that left us in a tailspin so um i want to talk a little bit real quick if you don't mind i want to share yeah. my screen and talk about the different types of um, the different types of college planning accounts that are out there. So, for those that are on the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see this. For those on the podcast, go check out the YouTube channel, Coffees, Chicks, and Cash, the YouTube channel, and you can find this. So, let's talk about some different accounts. So, the first one is a 529 or Coverdell account. The tax status is tax advantage. The underlying product is a mutual fund the growth and loss potential so good potential for growth but at the same time has the same potential for loss um, regulations at distribution this is kind of covered um, regulated by what the irs says we have to do or you would have to do um, it's for educational expenses only so it's not going to be able to be used for much else um, pros is it's tax favored cons it can be highly regulated and it can also lose money if we did a custodial account um, and um, there's more information out there about this, but this is just a very quick overview. Um, there are some tax advantages. They're, um, again, usually mutual funds. 
Again, good potential for growth, some potential for loss. Minimal regulations, they are tax favored and lower regulation. Um, not such a good thing is they are highly regulated, they can lose money, they're owned by the child and could affect financial aid. And then if we're wanting to talk some other tax advantages, there's the million dollar baby program, which is what I kind of specialize in, um, which is it's tax advantage, it's tax-free college savings account, good potential for growth, no potential for loss, no, reg no regulations, it's tax favored, no loss, no regulation, and there are several additional benefits and it um, can pay for additional benefits. So it's not just for use with education. You can use it for lots of different things. And then of course you can just save on your own. That'll be fully taxed. Um, you can look at CDs or savings account to do so. There's poor potential for growth and, but no potential for loss. Very few if no regulations, no loss, no regulation, and very little growth and it's fully taxed. So just a couple of things to keep in mind when you're sharing, uh, when you're starting to look at um, saving for your child's education, whether that's um, for private education, uh, you know, charter school education, or college education. Some of these um, have just recently changed that you can now use them for any educational expense, not just college. So it's worth talking with your financial person to get a better understanding about that. So. Um, so thank I you. actually have a, I have a question for you about those. Okay. Um, so for all of our parents that are now at home schooling their children, mm -hmm. right? Would they be able to pull a little bit of money from those accounts in order to pay for a tutor to help them with the schooling that they currently have to do right now? It would depend on the account and the type of account. And so, um, that's an individual question to talk with okay. a family individually, because it's going to depend on one, which account they have, um, two, kind of what the schooling looks like, because if it's online schooling, but it's still public school, that's a gray area that I don't think anybody kind of really knows. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, with the other types of accounts, potentially you could, depending on which account, but there's gonna be some of those accounts that it's gonna have um, an impact. And so it's worth having a conversation with your financial person and um, individual to each family, each student, and each situation. So yeah. the short answer, it depends. <laughs> but it's worth looking into, especially if you Always. already have some of those accounts right now and you are really struggling Always. with the online schooling or needing somebody to help out. It's something mm -hmm. to talk to your, on, to your financial advisor about. And yes, it would take away from something in the future, but this is extenuating circumstances. And if you needed the help right now, maybe that mm -hmm. might be an option for you right. to be able to get the help without it coming out of your budget. So again, right. another reason why um, to save for your children's future because you might need it now. <laughs> and yeah, and so I have another guest coming on in a few uh, in a couple of days and she's gonna talk about how to talk to your kids about money. And in that conversation, in a program that she runs, um, this is a conversation that we constantly have too is, when do you have those conversations with kids and it's sooner than you think and as a financial professional i'm also going to say start saving for your child's future sooner than you think you should um think you ought to um as a mom of four sons who are now all adults i some of this information i wish i would have known back then and had been shared with me because i definitely would have made some different choices and then also protecting my financial household with my husband's death and prior to his death definitely probably would have had 
um, some more. Um, and then in another upcoming episode, we're talking with a woman who, um, and a professional woman, she's fabulous, who kind of feels like this is overwhelming and I don't want to talk about it. It's worth having the conversations. And that's why I opened up the podcast to bring on strong, amazing, fabulous women doing fabulous things. And then having conversations around this and saying that it's not icky, it's not sticky, and it's a safe place. And women want to talk to women nine times out of 10 when it comes to finances. Because, oh, yes. you know, unfortunately, the industry is kind of more male dominated. There's not a lot of females, but that's starting to change. And you said something at the beginning of the podcast that was really interesting to me. And I wonder if you understand the implications of it. So, yes, um, women hold a lot of power, purchasing power. In fact, they hold something like 93% of the purchasing power or 83%. It's one of the two. It's, it's one, it's, but it, I mean, it's a significant amount, right? And we're also looking at one of the greatest wealth transfers beginning to happen in which women are coming into money and it's either they've um, inherited it from their family, they've inherited it from a husband or a spouse, or they've earned it themselves, um, which I kind of like, right? Um, And it's in a book called Marketing to Women by Marty Barletta. And it's actually supposed to be happening between, I think in the book it said 2020, but we're now looking at more like 2021, 2022, which is really interesting. And so yet another reason to start having these very candid, kind of relaxed, fun, jovial conversations about money. And it's not to take away the seriousness of money, but it's to give um, a conversation around it in a safe environment. So Lauren, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. And I want you to kind of just give us a wrap up. What do you want people to take away from our time today? I want people to take away from our time today that one, creating a future that you believe in does not exist around bringing more stuff into your home. Oh, I love that. Create a future you believe in. Perfect. Lauren, thank you so much. This has been Danielle McCarthy and Lauren Chessmore. Lauren, how do we find you? You can find me on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash clarity for your chaos. You can find me online, www.clarityforyourchaos.com. You can give me a call if you would like free consultations. We do complimentary consultations on any spaces that you might feel overwhelmed by. Um, you can give us a call, phone number 719-660-0678, and we are the solution to the stuck that you feel. Nice, and I'm Danielle McCarthy. I'm with Five Rings Financial, and this was brought to you by the McCarthy Agency, a part of the Five Rings Financial family. Lauren, thank you so much, and all of the contact information, books and all will be in the description for the podcast and the video. Lauren, thank you so much today. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.